0: Amen. But let's give Brother Phillips Bendale welcome to this pulpit tonight. God bless you. Appreciate you, brother. Love you.
1: Clap
2: your hands unto the Lord and magnify Jesus. Come on, somebody lift your voice and give God some praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, is that all you got? Can you lift your voice a little bit higher? Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you. Man, what an honor it is to be in the house of the Lord and uh, to be in the presence of the Lord. I know y'all are looking at me right now and saying, my God, he sounds bad. I know I do, but I'm not sick. I've just been in a lot of church. And uh, so thank God for his presence tonight. And uh, thank the Lord for the ability to be in his house one more time. And to worship him in spirit and in truth. If you have your Bibles, the book of Nehemiah, chapter 1. Nehemiah, chapter 1, verse 1. And uh, while you're turning there, I want to say how honored, again, I am to be here tonight. I honor Pastor Moore, who is my friend and I love very much and appreciate. And, um, of course, all the saints of God of this house. And uh, good to see my friends from over in Jones County, and I appreciate them, and I'm glad Jameson's with me, my man, and uh, but most of all, I'm glad God's here, and because if he wasn't here, we'd just be wasting our time, but because the Lord is here, anything can happen, because God is here, I'm going to tell you right now, if you need a miracle, you can get it tonight, just because the Lord showed up. If you need salvation, you can get it here tonight because the Lord showed up. Whatever you need, God's here, and he's the God that gives gifts to his children. Amen. Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 1, the words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah. It came to pass in the month Chishlu in the 20th year as I was in Shushan, the palace, that Hananiah, one of my brethren, came, he and certain men of Judah, And I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said unto me, The remnant that are left of captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. And the wall of Jerusalem also is broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. It came to pass when I heard those words that I sat down and I wept. And mourning certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Uh, Very quickly, I would like to just turn from there to chapter four of the same book, the book of Nehemiah. It reads, but it came to pass, verse one, that when Sanballat heard that we builded the wall, that he was wroth and took great indignation and mocked the Jews. He spake before His brethren, the army of and said, what do these feeble Jews, will they fortify themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they make an end in a day? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps? And this is the part that I get that I really like. He looks at them and says, will they revive the stones out of the heaps of the rubbish which are burned? He said, what are they going to do with all that trash? Amen. I just want to preach to us tonight from a simple thought, and it's just simply this. Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. Amen. Would you help me right now by setting your Bible to the side and ask the Lord to move in this house? God, we love you. We thank you. We praise you. We worship you. We give you glory and honor. There's nobody like you, Jesus. You've been so good to us. There's no way that we could ever repay you, but we've come tonight to worship you in spirit. And in truth, we ask you, God, right now that your spirit would flow through this house. God, from the front to the back, side to side, let the anointing of the Holy Ghost consume us, saturate us, change us, and challenge us. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Would you give the Lord one more hand clap of praise tonight? Magnify his holy name. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. You may be seated in the fear of the Lord as long as you promise to help me preach. Hallelujah. Nehemiah is a book of restoration, it is a book of revival. How. Can it be a book of revival? How could it not be a book of revival? Rather, when the name Nehemiah by definition means comforter, it is a type of the Holy Ghost, which as Jesus is ascending into heaven said, I would not leave you without a comforter, but I will send my spirit in my name. So go and tarry in Jerusalem. To you be endued with power from on a high. Nehemiah is being sent by God. Again, he is a type of the Spirit of God, because things are broken. The Bible tells us that when he asked about the walls of Jerusalem, that he was grieved in his spirit because the Jerusalem walls had been broken down. Nehemiah can represent everyone in this house tonight that understands that we live in a world that is broken. Well, I got two people that can see what I'm talking about. The rest of y'all are still in La La Land. I said, We live in a world that's broken. We live in a world that's messed up. We live in a world that's twisted and perverted. We live in a world that, for lack of a better term, if it wasn't for the natural ability of God to make the world go round, it would spin out of control because this world... Is in a mess. This world is broken, and can I tell you tonight that God has ordained and orchestrated Nehemiah's in this last day and hour because the walls of our world are broken. There's got to be somebody that'll be like Nehemiah and say, "I'll go and I'll repair what is broken." I understand that it's not by your might and it's not by your power, but it's by the spirit of an Almighty God. And again, the. Maya is a type of the Holy Ghost. Let me just tell you what this world needs. It doesn't need another church program, and I believe in programs. Uh, but it doesn't need another to shake another preacher's hand and thank God for the preacher. But I'm going to tell you right now, what this world needs is a good old-fashioned dose of the Holy Ghost. Uh, what this world needs is a church that will be who we've been called to be now more than ever before. It's not time... It's not time to play church. It's not time to come to church. On Wednesday night, and try to patty cake our way through church. I came tonight uh, with my mind made up that there are broken things uh, in this community, and if God uh, will allow me, I'll do everything I can uh, to start putting the broken pieces uh, back together again through the power of the Holy Ghost. Let me just preach to you tonight and tell you you can be put back together again. Uh, I don't care how broken you are, uh, I don't care how messed up your world is. Uh, I don't care how far your family is from God. I don't care how much you've had to live with the spirit of depression fighting your mind. There is a God. There is a Holy Ghost. There is a power. And it's in this house tonight. And it can change your world. On, Holy Ghost. The wall was broken. The wall that represented, understand what walls do. They they keep things inside safe. And they preserve us from things on the outside. They, They keep the things on the inside in working order. And they keep the things on the outside that would cause destruction and detriment to remain on the outside. I'm just going to tell you tonight, you might be strong, but you're not so strong that the enemy can't overtake you. You might be smart, but on your own, you're not smart enough to outsmart a devil that's been doing it for thousands of years. And, And you might be brave, but you're not so brave that you can stand in the face of this adversity in a spirit spiritual battle, what we need is the wall to be restored. What we need to be able to withstand the fiery darts of the adversary is somebody to stand up and say, fill me up one more time with the Holy Ghost, God. I need the Holy Ghost from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. I need the power of God now more than ever before. Hallelujah, you can see it all throughout Scripture as God is placing barriers in between different things. You can see as Moses is placed in a basket, the Bible says that it is pitched within and without with tar. And so that when he was placed by the Nile River that the water would, be, would remain on the outside. And I don't have time to get really deep into this, but I'll tell you that you can translate that even into Noah the Bible uses the same word, pitch, that he puts there on the inside and the outside. And I won't take too much time to get into the etymology of what it actually means, but you have to understand that pitch was a type and a shadow of the blood of Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, by pure definition, it means redemption. And so the higher the water would get, the higher the boat would float because there was a covering. There was in Empowerment that was given to the to the ark, if you will. And so we see that in Nehemiah here even again. We see that there is something that is allowing, if you would allow me to put it like this, a leak in the boat. And God says, Nehemiah, you go back and you build the wall. And when you build the wall, I want you to do it in, in this in particular way. We understand Nehemiah is grieved in his spirit. Nehemiah is upset because he understands understands that if there is no wall there, then the kingdom of God will most definitely fail. And so he goes back to Jerusalem and he begins to build the wall. But what's interesting to me is when the adversary comes and begins to taunt him. it's, It's interesting to me what he says and how he says it because it implies to you and it implies to me. First of all, let me take a little time and tell you this. Don't ever expect to do anything for God and the devil just let you get by with it. Don't 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 ever expect to do anything for God and just, oh, you're going to pray for your children or I'll make sure that they can hook up with every drinking buddy they got. And if you, you're going to pray that they're delivered from addiction, I'll make sure that they have every opportunity to stay addicted. The devil's not just going to let your prayers walk out and, and not put up a fight about it. But there was something inside of Nehemiah. The Bible tells us that he had a trowel in one hand and he had a sword in the other hand. And he said, I can. And build uh, and fight all at the same time. Somebody needs to get a tenacity about them uh, in the house of God that says, "If I've got to fight for my family, uh, then I'll fight and build the church at the same time. Uh, if I've got to fight for my children, uh, I'll fight and build at the same time." But devil, I just want you to know, you're not going to stop me from building. Uh, you're not going to stop me from having. Rev- I wish somebody right now would give this in their spirit uh, and get mad at the devil and let him know I will not stop pressing towards revival. I know that the enemy said there's no way it'll ever happen. You're too sick. You're too feeble. You're too old. You're too young. You don't have enough influence. But I come to tell somebody tonight that the devil is a liar. Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. You might not see how your ministry could be restored. Lord How you could ever be healed of that disease. How you could ever get to a place to be able to give because you're swallowed up in debt. But let me tell you something. God's got a way of taking things that the devil meant for evil and working it out for your good. God's got a way of opening doors that no man can close. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, the devil gets mad and begins to jeer. Who do you think you are trying to have revival? Don't you know you live in Bendale? There, there, there's only 3,000 people in the community. What do you mean you're going to build a new church? What, what, what do you mean you're going to fill this church up and have apostolic revival? Don't you know this church has been here for so many years and you ain't done it yet? Yeah, but God ain't done yet. I'm going to say that again just to make the devil mad. God ain't done yet. We ain't done yet. We're not done having revival. We're not done building. We're not done giving Bible studies. We're not done praying. We're not done worshiping. It ain't over till it's over, baby. That's what God tells Nehemiah in in basic sense uh, is this isn't over yet. Uh, There's still a little bit of life there. Uh, There's a possibility for revival. As long as there's breath, there's hope. Uh, As long as you've got, my God, I feel like preaching uh, on a Wednesday night to somebody uh, that's been discouraged because the devil told you it'll never happen. Uh, How do you know it'll never happen? Uh, You don't know the end from the beginning, uh, but my God does. Uh, And my God said uh, that when we receive the power of the Holy Ghost uh, that we will go forth uh, and do exploits. Uh, That means we're going to see revival in the last days. Uh, I know it looks impossible uh, but these things uh, which are impossible in man uh, are possible with God. The devil's still a liar. Let me tell you something. God's promises don't always happen when you think they should. Well, let me just tell you, they don't have any expiration dates on them. And when God speaks something it may not oh Jesus you can ask Lazarus he'll tell you he may not come when you want it and it may not happen the way you think it should and it may not happen with your own means and your own ideas but God is not a man that he should lie neither is he the son of man that he should repent hath he not said it will he also not bring it to pass if God said it that settles it and if God said it it's up to me to believe it it's up to me to stand on it, uh, it's up to me to know uh, that come hell or high water, uh, what devil says what, uh, that God will God will, God will bring it to pass revival, hear me Nehemiah Revival's not just gonna fall in your lap, but you gotta get up and go get it because you have to understand th- th- this is the way we think a lot of times, and we're we're very deceived in thinking like this that, that God promised me a miracle, so God's obligated to do it. No, ob- God is obligated to do his part. Can I unbox that a little bit? God's obligated to keep his promise, but there's these deals with God. And you can find it all throughout scriptures. as God doesn't give anybody a promise and just throw it in their lap without them doing something first. Right. Nehemiah, there can be revival in Jerusalem. But you gotta go, what was it, 52 days? And you gotta work from that sun up to sundown. You gotta do everything you can to put this back together. Because when you do, I'm gonna come in like a mighty rushing wind. The Bible says that Nehemiah walked into the tabernacle where there was false prophets and false priests, and he kicks them out. And he says, You can't work here anymore. This is not the place where you're gonna give false prophecies anymore. You know what was happening is God found somebody with a backbone enough to stand up and say no, not in my generation. You might have done this to... You might have talked like that to people before us. You might have done those things before we got here. But devil, not in my house. This house is going to serve the Lord. This house is going to be a house of revival. This is going to be a place where the sin sick can find rest for their soul. This is going to be a place where the hurting can find healing. What what had happened is basically is... They had created, they had created a culture where you oh I'm, I'm oh, help me Jesus. I'm just gonna mess somebody's world up. But they had created a culture where sin could be normal in the house of God. They had created a culture because when the wall's broken, anything goes. They created a culture where you could live how you want to live and then come to church and, and, and you'll be blessed as long as you just give a little money in the offering plate or, or shake somebody's hand or be a part of the in crowd of the church. That's not how it works, so Nehemiah. So, Nehemiah, I'm calling you because I've got to find a man that'll stand in a pulpit and say, in this church, men are still men. And women are still women. And although our world is trying to mix the two, we still see the distinct differences. And we're not afraid to preach. that. We're not afraid to preach, even though our world has accepted it, that you can't be a... You can't live in sin and have salvation at the same time. I understand everybody's on their journey, but understand that if you come to this church, that you're going to be a part of a church that believes. We believe in revival, but we believe in repentance. We believe in having a Holy Ghost church, but we believe in taking ourselves and putting it on the altar and giving it all to God. It, it it amazes me. I was driving down the road today, just trying to think. I, I don't know this this has been bothering me. It's been bothering you. I know it has, because you're good apostolic people. And 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 for the most part, we're all country. I, I think not for the most part, we are all country folks in here, and I think we all think with more common sense than all Congress has combined. <sighs> Seven-year-olds got more common sense than Congress has got today. But it it, it amazes me at how quickly. How quickly, from the time that I was my son's age, seven, this will be seven years old, to just a young 30-year-old man, how things have changed. Just in the last five years. Because walls have been broken down. God forbid that ever gets like that in the church. God, let there be a Nehemiah. God, let there be an Ezra. Let there be a Daniel. That'll stand up and say, we're going to build this wall until we see revival so big. Let me tell you something. I know, I know, I know. I've heard it my whole life that you can't have revival and be in a holiness church and be in a godly church and you can't have, but I'm going to tell you right now, I've done seen it happen too many times to buy into that lie uh, that you can't have revival and still be godly at the same time. I'm telling you, holiness people are still having revival all over the country. Uh, You've just got to buy into this thought process that says, uh, if we'll build the wall, uh, God will send the revival. Uh, If we'll build the wall, uh, God will give us victory. Uh, If we'll build the wall. And so here, here I'm I'm getting to where I'm going now. So that's all the announcements. Let's just get to where we're going. It's here that the enemy sees that the wall is being built and He understands that he can't play those games anymore. And so because he understands that he can't play those games anymore, he begins to taunt and jeer. He says stuff like, what do you think you're doing? Why, Nehemiah? He he says, you're using stones out of an old burn pile. He basically told him, he said, you realize what you're doing to the house of God? You're rebuilding the house of God with stuff you found at the dump. That's what he said. And he goes as far as to say even if a fox jumped up on there he'd tear it down. And you know what's so powerful about this is Nehemiah never looks at Sanballat and says you're right. This is just a bunch of junk. You know what he says? In in other words, you go read the story tonight for yourself. He basically turns around and says, Man, looks pretty good to me. Look what God can do with junk. See, it's all about your perspective. If you're looking from the outside and saying, yeah, I don't know how they're going to have revival, all they've got is this and that, and they don't have everything put together. But you can turn around and say, yeah, I'm broken. I'm hurting. I don't come from the right side of the tracks. I didn't grow up in church. My family's a mess. My world's turned upside down. Well, look what the Lord can do with trash. Look what the Lord can do with junk. Look what the Lord can do with somebody that ain't ever had it all together. Hey, I'm going to tell you something. uh, If you knew all my thoughts and failures and shortcomings, uh, you'd look at me a whole lot different. Uh, But don't look at me. Uh, Look at the one in me. Uh, Look what the Lord has done. I'm telling you uh, that God can do more with junk, uh, that the world is thrown in a trash pile uh, than you can do uh, with all the money of all the world. Uh, God can do more with junk uh, than you can do uh, with a great education. Uh, God can do more with junk uh, than you can do with from the right family I've come to tell somebody on a Wednesday night the devil walked in and told you were trash and guess what he was right but look what the Lord did with his trash look what the Lord did he found me in a trash pile and he used me he found me in a trash pile and he cleaned me off and he washed me in his now look what the Lord has done Devil, all I got to tell you is every time you tell me I'm a failure, I'll tell you, you know what, you're right. Because I failed God so many times that I can't even count. But look what the Lord has done with a failure. (laughs) I feel the Holy Ghost uh, if if you're waiting to get perfect uh, before you start working for God honey you're going to be waiting a long time uh, because God never works with perfection Uh, he starts working with something understanding uh, that it's a progress uh, and I'll take something uh, that the world has thrown away and given up on uh, and I'll use that for my glory uh, and I'll bring out a testimony Uh, they were tried in the fire uh, but they come out uh, as pure gold Uh, look what the Lord has just, just a bunch of old country, folks. Don't have much education. I, I, I would venture to say that, that there's probably nobody in here tonight with a law degree. If you are, I apologize. I, I, I would venture to say that there's, there's most probably not somebody in here tonight that 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 has two to three doctrines that you've been through the programs and setting in schools. But I guarantee you there's somebody in here that can take the word of God and explain the oneness of God. Oh, how the Holy Ghost. Yeah, you, you, you might not have the education, but look what the Lord has done. I'm I'm telling you, you don't have to be everything the world wants you to be in order to be profitable to the kingdom of God. All He needs is you to just be available. He'll put you into the wall and say, I'll I'll make you the thing that's going to keep the enemy out uh, and it's going to keep the church in. Uh, I'll make you a part of the thing. Uh, I I can hear the devil saying it tonight. You're you're just burned over. You're too broken. Uh, You ain't good enough. Uh, Devil, you're right, but look what the Lord has done to me. Uh, to buy in balance looking oh, for the Holy Ghost. Uh, they were looking around and saying, What are you going to do with all this, Nehemiah? And it's like God says, That's the ones I want. I want the ones that have been rejected by their parents. I want the ones that have been thrown away by a spouse. I want the ones that the world has eaten them up and spit them out. I want the ones that have been beat and bruised. I want the ones that have been addicted with needle tracks up and down their arms. I want the ones with scars across their forehead. Because they were drunk driving uh, and hit a tree in the middle of the night. Uh, I want the ones that have been so messed up uh, that the world says uh, they'll never amount to anything. You hear this preacher. I don't care what the world says about you. Uh, I don't care what society says about you. Uh, I don't care what your mama and daddy said about you. Uh, You're in a church uh, where God can pick you up uh, and turn you around. Uh, You were rejected, uh, but he won't reject you. Uh, You were addicted. Uh, but get a taste of this Holy Ghost uh, and you'll know what addiction really is uh, cause you'll be addicted to Holy Ghost Church uh, just keep coming uh, he'll take you from rock bottom uh, and make
1: something out of you
2: something inside of me stirs when I hear Nehemiah say oh no that's what he said I'm, I'm, I'm doing a great work, and I can't come down. Come down with us to Oh No, Oh No. I'm not coming to Oh No. I, I, I'm not coming to Oh No. I'm doing a great work, and I can't come down. You see, Nehemiah showed us that it doesn't matter how wasted you are by the world, that if you stay busy enough in the kingdom, the devil's antics don't work anymore. Well, you're this and you're that. When you stay busy in the kingdom, you don't care what the devil says about you anymore. You don't care what people say, you don't care what people think. All you're worried about is let's build this church, let's build the kingdom. Let's see God, let's see a testimony go forth of what God can do with brokenness. Let's see a testimony go forth of what God can do with somebody that's the least likely to succeed. And the devil, he's got his name stamped all over him. But one service, one trip to the the altar, one time laying in the floor and repenting of their sins, and all of a sudden everything we knew about them has changed. That's why Paul tells us, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, or covetous, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. He's talking to a bunch of people that think they have arrived. Corinthian church, if you'll allow me to put it like this, they're the churchiest. They got it all together, they think. But Paul comes and sits down and says, Listen, but such were some of you. Oh, hallelujah. But ye are washed. Ye are sanctified. Ye are justified. You know what he was saying? Hey, Corinth, look at what the Lord has done. I know God's not going to let all this into heaven, but that's who you were. Think back to where God found you, Corinth. God found you in the gutters. God found you, my God. Understand, he's preaching to people that in their day and time were the most vile of the vile. They were the most immoral of the immoral. And he said, Corinth, I want you to look back to where God found you. Look what the Lord has done through you. Look at the church he's built. And if you think God is done yet, you hear me, Bendel? If you think God is done yet, you lost your mind, baby. Because God... God is not done pulling greatness out of the cutters. God is not done taking burnt stones and putting them in the wall. God is not done digging through the trash pile of Bendale. I know they're broken, but there's glory. There's value. There's power when they get in this church. If you don't believe me, I wish, I wish we had time. God, I wish we had time to talk about the testimonies that are sitting in these pews tonight. Because I don't know all your stories. But if I, if I could hand this microphone around, I'm telling you there'd be stories of people that failed God and made mistakes. But God, who is rich in mercy, Paul said such were some of you. Look what the Lord's done. Look, look, look what God did with a bunch of immoral trash, Corinth. Look what the Lord has done with you. And he's simply saying, and if God can do that with you, he can do that with anybody. So it doesn't matter how broken you are and it doesn't matter how messed up you are. He can pick you up, clean you off, and wash you in his blood. And behold, the Bible says in the book of Corinthians, therefore all things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. He's a God of restoration. You just look what the Lord has done. Look what God's done in Bendel. Look what God has done in the earth. Started with 120 in an upper room. And now, they, they were the, least educated. They were fishermen. The Bible tells us that they marveled because uneducated fishermen, maybe that's why I can't get smart. I like to fish too much. (laughs) Uneducated fishermen are sitting in the synagogues and teaching and they they couldn't figure it out because God said, "Hmm, I think the least likely, come here, Peter. You stubborn, no good for nothing, hot-tempered, ignorant fisherman and i'll put him in front of three thousand in one day and he'll preach with fervor and he'll preach with power and three thousand souls will be added to the church at that look what the lord did with the ignorant and unlearned fisherman and if you think god can't do something with you you're off your rocker if you think God can't use you just because of where you live or what you're dealing with or where you come from, you're off your rocker because God can take anybody and find value. He's a God that digs through the trash piles of life. And finds the most imperfect people. You think God don't have a sense of humor? Look around you. Look at all the people that are here tonight. You know some of their stories. I don't. Look at, look at the people that God said, I'll bring all of that together. You know the power of the Holy Ghost has to be strong. Because the truth of the matter is, is if you locked all of us up in a room together, somebody would end up getting their feelings hurt way worse than it's already happened. You know it's the truth. Somebody would have done said something. Somebody might have got slapped. Something would have happened. But look what the Lord's done. He's took, listen, I've, I've, it was just last week. It blew my mind. I watched, it, it just, it never ceases to amaze me. It's the simple things that just take me away. I stood in a church in California last, just Sunday, and watched as a homeless person receive the same Holy Ghost eight feet from someone that's a multimillionaire. They, they walked into the church. Homeless, broken, I'm telling you, you could smell them from 10 feet away, but they got the same Holy Ghost, eight feet from somebody that had millions in the bank. Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. Talk to the pastor Tuesday. At the church, he said, they were in the altar, and they were praying and speaking. And look with the Lord, he found somebody that our society said was worth in nothing. And he said, I'll give them the same Holy Ghost uh, that everybody's wanting to be. Hey, that was a millionaire standing there. Everybody wanted to be his friend. Everybody wanted to hang out. Everybody wanted to ride in his car and to come to church with him. And God said, my gift uh, is for you, and it's for you, and it's for you, and it's for nothing. He's not a respecter of persons uh, because who, oh my God, uh, I'm telling you all it takes uh, is somebody that's hungry uh, to change, uh, hungry, uh, desperate, uh, looking for something bigger than themselves. Look what the Lord has done. The more I begin to weep. Because I understood in that moment that God don't see, thank God he don't see things like I see things. That's right, that's right. Two different ethnic groups. One was African American and one was Caucasian. And God said, that don't matter. I'll dig through the trash piles of millionaires that are so perverted. I'm going to tell you, that I, I found out a little bit about this, this joker. He's got a long road to hoe. God's going to help him. Just because he had the outward appearance right doesn't mean he had it all together because I'm going to tell you, God knows the heart. So why are you preaching this here? Brother Phillips, this this is a good community. Yeah, it's a good community with people that are dying and going to hell and they need a church to stand up and say, I know you can't see any value in yourself. Because the world has convinced you that you're not worth anything. But the church sees value in you. We find value in you. Come on, I need some help right now. We find value in you. I wonder how many people have been in and out of church. Musicians come, I'm closing. In and out of church in every church in this city until the point where nobody in Bendale wants to help them because they're the the local drunk and I'm not I'm not asking you to give a bunch of handouts that's not what I'm asking you I'm just asking you to see the value that God sees I was perplexed here a few months ago someone came to me I was sitting down it it was a, a forum I was asked to speak in a forum as I was sitting at that table, the moderator asked me, he said, what's, what's your definition? He went down the table and I was the last but the more, and there was a lot bigger shots than me. I'm, I'm not a big shot. I, they, I'm just a little puppy trying to run in a dog pack. <laughs> but the, the, there was a lot of guys in there, big names, and they asked him this question. and said, what's your, what's your definition of a burnover over field? And I was grieved as I heard one of them say something along the lines of people that just continue to come to church and reject God. And they get to a point to where that just God doesn't touch them anymore. And I thought, Lord, don't ever, please don't ever let me get to that place to where I think that it's not worth trying. If they backslid a hundred times, I want to reach for them a hundred and one. Because the only difference in an overcomer and a failure is not how many times they failed, it's how many times they got back up. How many times? How many times? How many times has God found trash? If I, I, I mean, you take men like, I, I'm, I'm sure if you're, you've been connected to church, you know names like Jeff Arnold anybody ever heard of Jeff Arnold who God found in the Bronx of New York still hadn't lost that slang bless his heart God found him and in, in, in the gangs and one of my dearest friends pastors of Revival Church I'm going to pastor with it. I'm going to preach for him here in a couple of weeks in Fort Myers, Florida Pastor Randy Williams anybody ever heard of Randy Williams y'all heard of Randy Williams Pastor found him at 16 years old in a gang. He was getting ready to kill people. He was already addicted to drugs and alcohol. I'm talking about not just dealing, selling. I mean, he's in it over his head. And now he pastors over 500 people. Look what the Lord's done. So why are you telling me that? Who knows if the next Jeff Arnold or Randy Williams or whoever is not living three blocks from here and right now they're sitting in their living room drunk out of their mind just waiting on the church to say we see the value in you even though society doesn't see value in you. I wonder how many people are in Bendale that the church world has given up on Pastor Moore. How many people are broken and hurting because they just... And I wonder if they're thinking, you know, maybe it's just not in my cards. And they're waiting on a church person. I know you can't even see value in yourself because we, I'm going to tell you, we live in a world that while it's trying to tell you to, that you should value yourself, it devalues you all at the same time and it speaks out of both sides of its mouth. It can, it can tell you it loves you and stick a knife in your back all at the same time. Stand with me. I'm closing. I'm preaching tonight to a great apostolic church. I, I know where I'm at. I'm, I've preached here enough times to know this is a wonderful church. You've got wonderful leadership that believes in praying and worship and shouting and dancing and outreaching. He believes it. I know he believes it with everything that's within him. Our prayer tonight is that you would just turn around and look at where God brought you from and understand that there's somebody out there that's just like you. And if you can see the value of what God's done in your life, how many people? As we, as we make our way to this altar, I pray right now, God, come on, would you, would you come with me, God? Help us. Help us to find the value in a lost and broken soul that you found in us. Help me, God, to find the value. Help me to see where you have brought me from. And know that there's somebody in this church, there's somebody in this community, there's somebody in the world that I'm living in that's messed up because society has convinced them that they don't have any value. But God, I pray right now, give us conviction to remember where you brought us from. And to understand that we're a stone in the wall. Yeah, we're just an old burnt stone. You found me in a trash pile, God. I'm so glad to see what you can do with trash. I'm so glad to see what you can do with burnt stones. Thank you, God. for. Come on, I wish there'd be something in you that begins to bubble up. You just begin to thank him. Thank you for finding value in me. Thank you for digging me out of the trash pile of life. Thank you for digging me out of the junk I was living in. Come on, if you're here and you can't find any value, I'm here to tell you the value is not found within, the value is found in Him. Come on, as they begin to sing, God, help us, help us, God, help us, God, help us to find the value in our community. Woo! <laughs> Come on, somebody ought to pray in the Holy Ghost. I wish you'd think about a backslider's name right now and just begin to call it out. God, I know what you've done for me. You can do it for them. I know what you've done for me. You can do for them. You're no respecter of persons. You pulled me out of the trash, God. You can pull them out of the trash. Come on, would you lift your voice and begin to pray for backsliders? God, would you touch? Come on. Maybe you got a neighbor that's lost and addicted and bruised and wounded. Would you begin to pray for him right now? God save some. Just get a name in your heart, in the spirit, and begin to pray for him. God, I know what you've done for me, you can do for them.
1: Woo!
2: Come on, Bendel. there's revival here. There's revival here, there's revival here, there's revival here. Come on, you can find it. Pray it till it comes out of the trash pile. Come on, why don't you call your children's name? Why don't you call your family's name? Come on, they're here.
1: Never, never change, but don't you praise Him? Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. Come on and take a look at what the Lord, the Lord has done. He healed my body. He, my he touched my mind. He filled me with the hope. The Lord has done. He healed my body, I touched my mind. Tell he he me where the Holy Ghost Right in time, so I'm gonna pray His name. Said, I'll never, 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 never change. Why don't you praise Him? Look what the Lord has done. Come on and look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done for you. For me too. He healed my body, He touched, He filled me with the Holy Ghost right in time. So I'm going to praise I'm going to praise His name. He said never, never, never change, why don't praise Him? Look what the Lord at me and you was Body. He a my mind. He tell me look to your left and look to your right and say look what the Lord has done then look at yourself and say look what the Lord has done hallelujah thank you brother
0: that's some more Hallelujah, hallelujah ain't no doubt the Lord's working we wouldn't be here tonight I can really speak for myself can't speak for everybody else but I'm telling you if it wasn't for his goodness and grace and mercy not just when I got the Holy Ghost but since then if it hadn't been for his goodness and grace and mercy Amen. man if he thought I was worth dying for that he thought I was had enough value in me I'm glad his grace hadn't been in vain but I'm glad his grace is still working on my behalf I still come running back to Jesus I'm gonna keep running to the house of God I'm gonna keep on praying I'm gonna keep on believing because you know what I believe it's going to be worth the journey you know what I believe there's a lot of people out. Each other with a lot of value in their lives, and we need to convince them. You know how we're going to do that? I'd love to invite you to come be with us at church. Man, God's moving down there, God's doing some work. I know personally, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Him. I wouldn't live the life I'm living, I wouldn't have the devil under my feet. Man, I'm telling you, God's been good to me. It don't take a whole lot to tell people. How good God's good and good to you. What he's brought you from. What he's kept you from. And how many in this house. If you'd really admit it. Amen. That you'd probably be strung out on something. If it wasn't for God's goodness and grace and mercy. That you couldn't cope with life. You'd have to have one of them crutches. You that tell some as that's hidden stuff, Amen, and sneak around doing it. Hallelujah! Thank God we don't have to sneak around about this, and we don't have to be ashamed of it either. When the Bible says acknowledge Him in all of our ways. We didn't get here by ourselves, and we're not going to stay here by ourselves. We got one that's working on our behalf, getting us out on the other side. I'm thankful to know Him by His name tonight. <laughs> Praise God! What a beautiful, powerful message we've heard in this house tonight. It ought to stir us up. If you're not stirred, if you're not stirred, it ought to stir us up. Amen. For ourselves as well as for somebody else. That that's, that's stirred my spirit here tonight. Man, to persuade them. But you know what? We see value in you. Amen. In fact, Jesus did. He thought you was worth dying for. That's the reason John writes it. For God so loved the world that he gave everybody that's in the world to be born again. Whosoever will. Let them come, amen. We gotta persuade them. This is what's worth, worth coming for. This is what you need to be drinking. Praise God, there's nothing like the Holy Ghost. Walking with God and the power of God, and love of God in our hearts, no greater love than this. Let the love of God through the power of the Holy Ghost flow through us, amen. Loving people, it's unlovable. Brother, this tied right into our Sunday school lessons. It's been tying right into the untouchable. The forgotten, the forsaken. Hallelujah. But you know what? God never does it. He never left the one. He never left the sparrow. He he was right on time. He's still on time tonight. You let him work. Don't listen to that devil. You listen to God and the promises of God, the help of God. Amen. We'll submit ourselves to it. I'm telling you, God's working. And The Bible says, greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Amen. Uh, Folks, I'm, I'm persuaded. There's no greater power than the church. Yep, I can tell them. When they get to tell me, yeah, they had this program, they had that program, this program, but you hadn't tried Jesus yet. You hadn't tried Jesus yet. If you sell out to Jesus, I promise you, you'll get the job done. Let's sell out. Love you tonight. Appreciate you. God bless you. Don't forget, 11 o'clock Sunday, Bishop Odom's going to be with us 11 o'clock Sunday. 10.30 prayer time, 11 o'clock service time. Come look and expect a great move of God. How many enjoyed the word of God tonight? Brother Phillips done an awesome job, always does. Amen, amen. About to run yourself ragged. We're praying for you. God bless him. Love him, appreciate him. God bless you, appreciate all of you. God bless you. Let me make this announcement. Rock Church is having a kids crusade tomorrow night, Friday night, is it 7 to 9, 7 to 9 then also saturday from seven to nine again or is it all three night service is it seven or nine okay so they're having a Kitch crusade that's thursday friday night and saturday night at at laurel up there uh, the rock church so anybody like to go get we I give you an address i know i can't, definitely can't go tomorrow night but maybe some of the others i'll just have to see but if any of you is rested interested Get with me. Get with somebody. i am tell you, you'll, you'll enjoy it. You'll enjoy it. Hey, you, you're interested in your kids being saved? And then when I said kids now, there's no limit on age. So teenagers, whoever like to go, and go be a part of it, okay? You got an invitation. All right. God bless you. Appreciate you.